Welcome to a brand new episode of Totally 80s and 90s Recall. If you're new to this podcast, we're so excited that you found us. And for returning listeners, it's great to have you back. Well, if you love all things 80s and 90s, from music and movies to television, pop culture and fashion, then this is the podcast for you. I am one of your hosts, David, joined as always by my good friend, Rob. Welcome back to the show, Rob. Howdy. That's all I got for you today. Howdy. Howdy. Yeah. Every time, last time it was hola, mm-hmm. now it's howdy. Howdy. Just pick out whatever yeah. salutation works best right. when we hit the mics. Perfect. Well, for everyone out there, that's Rob with the howdy. Well, on this podcast, Rob and I will travel back to the two decades that shaped not only our lives, but influenced the world for generations that followed. Each episode, we will develop and discuss lists of selected topics or perhaps identify a significant event, movie, or whatever we recall from growing up in the 80s and 90s hopefully providing some fun, laughs, and nostalgia along the way. For this episode, we'll be sharing our favorite alternative songs. That's a hard word, alternative songs of 1994. So, Rob, in 1994, were Mm -hmm. you in on the Seattle sound explosion? It had already started, obviously, probably like 91, 92, but Mm -hmm. uh, bands that sounded like grunge, Mm -hmm. and I've been told Seattle, uh, Seattleites don't like the phrase grunge. Mm -hmm. Um, the fashion, all that, were you, how far in were you on that? Uh, not fashion. Uh, you know, the flannel, you know, b- uh, boots, you know, that kind of, I, no. Well, but flannel boots would be hot on your feet. Flannel boots. Think. Yeah, that sounded funny. <laughs> uh, no. You just have to have commas <laughs> in the right spot, that's all. Um, no, uh, fashion, no, but uh, music, that would have been, let's see, sophomore, sophomore year into junior year um so it would have been heavy heavy pearl jam that was heavy pearl jam that was my you know that was what i was listening to at the time so well i'm excited about this episode from like 92 to 96 Mm -hmm. from a musical standpoint i was all in on grunge alternative Mm -hmm. modern rock whatever you want to call it uh now i didn't like you i didn't embrace the fashion element Mm -hmm. with plaid shirts I didn't have long hair. And not flannel uh, boots. No, no flannel boots. Yeah. Um, those are too expensive for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely also didn't look like I hadn't showered for three days. That seemed to be a staple of that. Right. So I wasn't as immersed into that part of it. But I love the music, love it to this day. And in fact, when I was in Japan from uh, 95 to 97, every week, I think it was on Tuesday or Wednesday nights, the club on base had an alternative night. And for three or four hours, they would play nothing but alternative music. And I would go over there. I'd have a beverage or two while I listened to the music. And there was usually a group of 20 or so of us. And I got used to the alternative crowd. But it was cool. I sit there. I'd listen to the music. I'd hear stuff that I hadn't heard before. Got exposed to some new things. So, um, yeah, as far as the music goes, um, for four or five years, this was it. And I still love alternative music to this day. Um, I listen to everything else. Uh, but for a little while, I kind of zeroed in on this particularly. Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. No, I, I think it fit well with my that point in your life, right? So your kind of middle years of high school and this the, this music was very, it wasn't counterculture necessarily, but it was, it was very different than what was on the radio. It wasn't top 40. It wasn't, it was... It well, was, the intent it, of it was to be the anti-top 40. Anti, yeah. yeah. No, so the whole... The whole idea of grunge alternative was you're not pop music because and, we came out of yeah. the 
excess and glam rock of the Mm -hmm. 80s this was supposed to be the opposite of that right um and in fact a lot of these bands were the point that uh once they got famous then they didn't like it Mm -hmm. so they liked it when they weren't famous and they were just playing you know seedy little crappy clubs Mm -hmm. in seattle or wherever they were um and again all these bands did not come out of seattle it's just the first wave of the the big group of them did come out of seattle so your nirvana's Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, they all came out of Seattle, and then everyone came looking for more of those bands in Seattle, but other bands came from other places. Why, why do you suppose Seattle was a hotbed? So do I've you, seen a few I've seen a few documentaries and things where they kind of talk about it. So for a long time, they had a huge, uh, in the 80s, going to early 90s, they had a huge independent rock scene. And for a long time, that's what it was. It was just an independent rock scene, and because it's so, some of the explanation is, look, in on the west side of Washington State, it's a little dreary, it's a little rainy at times, mm-hmm. so they kind of sing about the moods that they're in, mm-hmm. which kind of brings in some of this moody kind of music that uh, is against the grain, as it were. Mm-hmm. Well, it just so happened that, of course, you had all these bands doing that, and then Nirvana popped. And then mm-hmm. once Nirvana popped, whether they want to admit it or not, the other bands, it kind of opened up the the genre for the rest of them. And so for, you know, three, four years there, Seattle was the mecca of music. And so, you know, I guess the underground scene just popped up and then, but just as fast as it popped up, it popped away. Right. Um, and again, then they started looking for bands everywhere. It wasn't just necessarily Seattle. It was, do we have anything sounding like that in Ohio or do we have something like that in California? So, um, this is a little off the topic, but I dated a gal in college who's, Mom babysat Kurt Cobain and took me to the bridge, like drove me over the bridge that he apparently lived under just prior to his you know, uh, never mind taken off. So. Wow. Yeah, then she was go. from then she was from Aberdeen. Uh, Aberdeen. Aberdeen. Yeah. Um well that's a good story. Yeah. That was cool. To get to tell people I babysat Kurt Cobain. That's right. Oh, one of the most influential rock stars of all time. Possibly. Not a big deal. No, no big deal. She'd be like, yeah, he didn't like peanut butter. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a fact. But. Well, grab your umbrella, button up your flannel, and tighten up those Doc Martens, and let's head back to 1994 to hear some alternative rock. Well, let's head west to Seattle, the center of the musical world in the early 90s, and pretend we think Rob's number 10 is too commercial. <laughs> Um, so before I get into the list, I, I'm just going to tell you that a lot of these choices, I, when I was doing my research and I was trying to find some killer notes next to them, uh, I, I found myself just, I didn't have a reason. I just liked it. And so that it, it might make for boring commentary, but here we go. So my first one is, uh, <clears throat> is, uh, big empty stone temple pilots. Really good song. Yeah, and I remember this being on the um, uh, Pro soundtrack. Yes, the drama that was that movie. Uh, also on the Purple album. Um, yeah, I, album. I remember owning this album. This is one of those. Uh, I liked the whole album. I liked it all the way through. But um, yeah, so Big Empty is my number ten. Yeah, that's a good song. I Stone Temple Pilots. Sometimes I think. I think they're great. They've had great songs. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think they get a bad rap because like, they came after Nirvana and them. So they're trying to, because 
the first time I heard plush, I was like, it did sound a little like Eddie Vedder, down a little Pearl Jam. Yes, I think they were trying to be. But that. then the more that I listened to it, Scott Whelan definitely sounded different. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's a good song. That's yeah. the best start to a countdown you've had. Nice in our episodes that we've done up to okay. this point. Well, uh, I, I think you're going. You will be proud of my list. I will uh, be proud yeah. of your list. So I will I'm, tell you, uh, Scott Whelan, one of the best live performances. I didn't see it live. I've just seen a video of him doing. Uh, he played with the Doors, and he. Oh my gosh! If it's a, it's all over YouTube. But great, he, he was underrated. Unfortunately, I think he his habits got in the way. But. Yeah, of course. I that guy was like a true rock star. Yeah, when you was. watch him on stage, I think he was. That's the way I describe him, like a true mm-hmm. rock star. So mm-hmm. I think Stones Temple Pilots is underrated when comparing them to the Nirvanas in them. Now I hold Nirvana in high esteem, but. I think they're just as good as the Pearl Jams and the Allison Chains oh, and all of them. So, um, and that guy, yeah, for frontman, that guy was just a straight rock star. So, but that is a really good start. Nice. My first song, number ten, is "Backwater" by the Meat Puppets. Oh, I considered this song like hard. Yeah, I didn't know enough about him though. I remember, I, I know this. Really good song. So I don't, I don't know anything else from their catalog though. Yeah, I, so there's not a. I wouldn't say there's a lot else. There's a lot else, but this was their most popular song. Went to number forty-seven on the Billboard Hot One Hundred, uh, eleven on the Modern Rock Charts. But this song, I wouldn't even know about this song honestly if it wasn't for Nirvana. I saw an interview or I read an interview with Kurt Cobain where he talked about how great the Meat Puppets were. Like, he was a huge fan of the Meat Puppets. In fact, on their Unplugged album, they Nirvana's Unplugged album, they covered three Meat Puppets songs in that album. So he was a big fan of it. And then once I heard, because uh, I was a Nirvana junkie, once I heard him say, oh, this is a good band, I thought, well, maybe mm-hmm. I should check that out. And I actually remember going to the mall and getting uh, one of those listening booths. Oh, yeah. And I pulled this song up. And I just remember the first time I heard it, I thought it was great. It was easy to listen to and sing along with. And although it's about drugs, which a lot of alternative songs were, okay. uh, they make it sound better than that. Like maybe it's not as bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I uh, I remember this song very clearly. Um, I But I, like I said, I don't know much about their catalog. Great song. That's a good one. Really good song. Um, my number nine is um, Zombie. By the Cranberries. And uh, this came out September of 94. Well, all these songs came out in 94. But September of 94. Um, My memories on this one was, uh, I actually think this was, um, I was turned on to this by my sister. Um, It's a very angry song. It's very angry. Very angry. I think it's a Um, protest song. It's a protest song, yeah. Uh, So, uh Barred it. I I remember my sister having it, and I borrowed it from her. And um, again, unapologetically, this is a great '90s or a, a great example of music from '94. So yeah, it had to be on my list somewhere. Yeah, it is a good song. Um, classic. That's a classic <coughs> '90s, like you said, '90s yep. alternative song. Um, what I really liked about it, I think, when I heard it, and just um, the Cranberries in general, is. The lead singer, she had a pretty unique voice. Yes. I don't think anybody else on the radio at that time kind of sounded mm-hmm. like that. So it was a, a basically a yodel, she, a little bit. It, it was a type yeah, of yodel in the middle. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good song. I 
it's funny that song when I was in tech school, which is the school you go to after basic training to learn your job, I would get up in the morning and I would wake up. I had to wake up like four other guys on my hall because they would always sleep in. So they told me to play some music really loud to wake them up. Mm -hmm. And I would crank zombie like every morning. And so they got used to it. And I remember if I didn't crank it, they'd like wander out of the rooms and be like, hey, where's where's zombie this Mm -hmm. morning? So they really got used to hearing that. That was their alarm. I was their alarm. So (laughs) um, because apparently I was the responsible one at 18 years old. Right. uh, In in tech school with uh, the rest of those Air Force fools. So, well, that's. uh, And I think that is a song, too, that there was a chance that it was it got overplayed and became a tad annoying but yeah it yeah i see that um i liked it i liked it more back then like i hear it now it's good i hear the cranberries now they're good i don't listen to them as much as i listen to other bands now but i still mm-hmm. think they were really good for 1994 yep. and very memorable good so yeah good song um my number 9 is by live it is oh. lightning crashes oh okay i i don't think it would have been a good 94 list without a live song. Yeah, that was their mo- that was their moment, 94 to 96 maybe. But this is a pretty classic uh, song, kind of like Zombie, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, this was number one on the Billboard Modern Rock charts for 10 weeks. Number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100. Song was dedicated to a high school friend who was killed by a drunk driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, like we just talked about, this sounds like the mid '90s. Oh. It's very yes. somber and brooding. Has a very somber and brooding melody. It rocks towards the middle a little bit more, but just like any good '90s alternative song, overall, it's a little depressing. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So some of these songs, that's that's kind of that '90s vibe. Is they're a little depressing, mm-hmm. but although it is a little depressing, I still enjoy singing along with it. And it has a really good build when you finally do get to the mm-hmm. faster part of the song mm-hmm. at the end. It it closes pretty dramatically yep. at the end of it. So no, I yeah, this I toyed with putting this in my top ten, um, but yeah, it absolutely needed to be on a list. So that was a that was a very good pick. No live, huh? Uh, well, I'm not saying I don't have we'll a live song. Let's see what I, else I, is? Yeah. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, something see, different. Yeah, All right, see my number we'll, eight. We'll go from there. All right. All right. So my number eight is also a live song. It is I Alone, um, which came out. Uh, May of 94 from the Throwing Copper album. That was a good album. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I put it on there. I, this uh, album just in general, I just, in my notes, I said, uh, love this album front to back. Uh, it's one of my faves. And so I had a hard time. There were several songs that came out in 94 from this album. Um, Lightning crashes being one of them, but um, I alone was the one that yeah that's rose it. to the top for me. So. so those, you know, I debated those two. I listened to Lightning Crashes a little more, but I alone had the more uh, upbeat to it. So it was a little mm-hmm. quicker, a little faster. So I did like that. But what you say about the album is true. Like it's it was hard sometimes to get an album that you could listen to front to back. You yes. pay you pay sixteen to eighteen dollars for an album, and there'd be one good song on the album, yep. and I wanted that song. And when we were growing up, that's the only option you had. Uh, now you can just download whatever song you want, take the one song. But back then, yes. I might have to get a whole album to hear the one good song I want. So it was great with uh, albums like this because there's three, four, five songs mm-hmm. that you know you're going to go to and then some balanced out uh, support songs that you could also listen to from time to time. Yeah, I I'm a, I wanted to piggyback on that because when we were talking pre-production, we were getting 
prepped, I was going to bring that up. But I, I'm excited for the cutting room floor for this because of what you just said about the the amount of material on some of these albums that weren't singles, the, the whole album. So, so what we're telling our fans, uh, we'll call them fans now. Yeah, we're, we're, This is going to be our eighth <laughs> podcast, so we'll say you're fans now. The, so the, we're telling our fans that our cutting list, the ones we didn't choose, are going to be better. Is that what you're saying? It, it, there's, I felt like, I know you had a couple shows ago where you felt like you had a ton of material on your did. cutting. Yes. This this one was for me as I had Well, then that gives too us many something to, to look forward to. Also, at the end yeah. of the podcast is we'll have some extras to throw in there for you because I do have some pretty good cuts, too, um, yeah. at the end of this. So, uh, uh, well, that's right. a good one. Back to back live. So, I'll yep. break that up with my number eight from Weezer called Buddy Holly. Oh, that's a good one. So, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, so Rolling Stone ranked this 499 of 500 greatest songs mm-hmm. of all time. Now you think, hey, they just made the list. But if you think of all the songs that have come out in the amount of time Rolling Stone covered that, mm-hmm. uh, getting on that 500 list at all is probably pretty mm-hmm. good. Uh, I, initially, I think it was both known for its music video because mm-hmm. they spliced mm-hmm. them in with that Happy Days footage. So it was, it was pretty unique. Mm-hmm. Nobody else had a video like that. Uh, VH1 also ranked this as one of its best songs of the 1990s at number 59. Um, I'll be honest, the first time I ever heard this song and heard Weezer in general, I thought it was a little silly because um, I was used to more hard-edged mm-hmm. uh, sound, loud alternative, kind of like you know Nirvana in them, uh, and Weezer was not that. They no. were much different, much more relaxed, yeah. but the more I listened to it, I started to appreciate the calmness of it, yeah. and really, it provides like a cool, different type of song mm-hmm. where if you're listening to a lot of Nirvana, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, whatever those hard bands are... You put this in, it kind of gives you a break to kind of calm down yes. a little bit. No, I, if I were to put a song, I, well, I'm not going to, uh, but probably most known for their, uh, the Undone song, the Sweater song um, that came out the same year. But what I put in uh, my cutting notes is that I felt like this was a smart song. Like this is the first time that some, some rock came out that was in the alternative range that was, not that the other songs weren't smart, but there was some well thought out uh, lyrics and there was it it just was different it wasn't just straight up rock in your face there was some uh thinking that went behind the lyrics and so yeah it's uh, definitely it was definitely much different than everything else was on the radio but yeah. as i've gotten older and listened to that song more and i listened to it a lot then but as i listened to it more uh it it's great and it has aged really well and it's still it's still really good the beat the the singing everything's really good on it would one this wouldn't be a heady song. I know we've used that phrase. I don't we think probably overused that phrase. Yeah, we probably have it this time, but that's fine. Uh, you get known for some phrases, and you just get to stick with them. No. Um, you know, Michelle from Full House <laughs> ran that. You got a dude into the ground, so we can run. And they heady did into very the well, very well. Yeah, that that made a lot of money, a lot of t-shirts. But I never thought of it that way. I don't. I guess you could look at it that way. Sometimes I think people think Weezer is that kind of band where yeah. they're like a smart college right. band, mm-hmm. but. I just thought it was a catchy hook after yeah. I heard it a few times mm-hmm. and I just sing along with it. And it reminds me of like Jay and Silent Bob because they use a lot of Weezer in their movies and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's just a good, I think it's just a good relaxing type of alternative song. Yeah, I think it's good. Uh, all right, my number seven is, uh, we could we can have a little conversation. It's uh, You Don't Know How It Feels by Tom Petty, December 94. 
what conversation do you want to have about that? Well, I think one could make the argument. That I'm, so I'm not here to say what alternative is because okay. I think anyone, it's your description of what you think the off-brand or whatever is. Mm-hmm. I would say Tom Petty seems more just general rock to me because his fame and his prestige already is there. Right. And it's not... He's not coming off of like an indie label. It's nothing like that. Yeah. No, I I kind of went with the angle that he's kind of always been possibly a little alternative. He, on the he's fringe? Kinda, on the fringe of alternative. He's not country, not rock. You know, I don't know. Well, so. I think the good thing about this list is you, you can have that. Yeah. Uh, on, on different lists, I might give you more crap about it because... Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on the scope of our list, you tend to stray uh, from time to time. I, I think I stay pretty but close to the parameters on this, this one. I, but I think with this list, it's more like what you believe to be the alternative okay, sound, good. right? Now, yeah. if you have Paul Abdul on there, we're going to have a problem, <laughs> right? Because that is no, not what we're no. talking about. And today. I don't have any uh, Weird Al. I any promise you there's no Weird That's Al on it. too I bad because there were some you could have tapped into yeah, on that. I promise you. I think you've used uh, your... Your you your Weird Al budget has been ex- has utilized at this point. <laughs> yep. So no. I don't think anybody else. Would, I promise you, we don't need any more. No tricks. So we're gonna do a whole episode on Weird Al. We're, that's gonna be a like a Christmas present to the audience. Um, hey, I will add on this album. I it came out. I remember getting some CDs for Christmas that year. I ended up taking them back. Is a really weird, a very specific memory uh, to Circuit City. If you remember Circuit City, yes, remember Circuit City. Uh, yep. I took them back, the the albums. I can't, I can't even tell you what they were. I took them back, and traded them in. And one of the things I traded them in for was this album. And this album. It's it ranks in my probably my top ten all time. Yeah, it's a great album, just through but front to back. Well, you're a big Tom Petty guy. I do like. So it. you do like the Tom Petty. So, well, my number seven is Fade Into You by Mazzy Star. Oh, that's a good one. Definitely not loud and obnoxious like other bands. She's got a killer voice. Great voice. So uh, that... I wish she would... Uh, I mean, I'm not a Mazzy Star fan, so I'm sure they've got more material out there. Yeah. But I would have liked to have heard more from her. Yeah, no, she's... Uh, no, that song's really good. It's kind of like the alternative ballad, I guess you mm-hmm. could call it. Uh, the song reached number three on the modern rock charts, was the band's only Billboard Hot 100 hit. Uh, and like I just said, while most alternative songs I listened to were loud, uh, heavy on drums, heavy on guitars, this was more haunting and sad. Like it kind of had that feel to it. Mm-hmm. That being said, I always like listening to it despite its moody sound. So it's a good change of pace again from the loud rock. Mm-hmm. Um, from the and the chaos of the other bands, which sometimes I enjoy. Um, as I get older and listen to it again, it's just a really good song. Like no, it's I, good. I listen to it, and even though it's slow, and like I said, a little moody and and haunting and sad, mm-hmm. it's just good. Like I can sing along with it, and it, it's just a good sounding song. Yeah, and I I'm gonna use a word that again could be uh, over. It might be a little dramatic, but um, I think this song has a timeless quality to it, where I think you could play it outside of its 94 roots and it still holds it's a good song yeah it's you could you could cover a country artist could cover this and it would work i don't want to hear that well, uh, i'm just saying and i'm not saying you're wrong i don't want to hear a country con- i don't want to hear a country version of that <laughs> i like the version i hear right there um 
I don't know that anybody's going to make me happy in the country <laughs> genre. Some kind of Luke Bryan or some nonsense. Oh, like no, that, no, right? so, no. Okay. Well, uh, uh, we'll just leave it in the alternative rock section for yeah, now. Yeah, that works. And if the country time hits, then uh, you we'll watch. look back at you as some kind of prophecy or something. Hey, they're going to cover it. You see. All right. Uh, my, we're, up, uh, we're up to number six. Uh, my number six is um, The Day I Tried to Live by Soundgarden. Um, and this came out of the Super Unknown album, April of 94. Huge album. Um, and my memory Chris Cornell had one of the best voices. Oh, so I will good. T- I will tell you a story. We, uh, here in Yakima, he came to town to play. He had a, uh, he was on tour. Um, if you've never got a chance to hear his, uh, he's got an album out where he plays all of his songs, but they're acoustic. He he came here to play in Yakima. We were my wife and I were out to eat. We we're trying to figure out why all the people it was so packed. Well, they were going to the concert across the street and we and then he died maybe a couple weeks later and we still kick ourselves. We should have just gone over and bought tickets. But oh. that album is it's an acoustic album. He does all these songs. It I agree with you. I think he has a, one of the greatest he's probably one of the greatest voices of our generation but um my memory i put down is cruising around playing basketball i clearly remember this was a we would cruise around and we would uh there was a place at the aquatic park aquatic we'd, park we'd play basketball that was the spot and this i i i can still see the people sitting in the car and this song playing in the background and oh, so yeah. this is a this is a an album that for me uh kind of defined a, a generation for me so we, and we i love run, this album it's great we used to run that court yeah we just run it <laughs> Just all day. I don't know about Couldn't that. Stop us. But. No, that was it. Um, you know, a lot of people tune into this podcast to hear me make fun of <laughs> your choices, and you're not making that easy uh, right hey. now. I can't make fun of any of these choices so far, and it's really deflating. <laughs> I, I've got it on deck. Well, and I can't give you anything about this. I, so I'm, I'm, I might give you some material coming up here. So. I hope so, because yeah, otherwise, don't, don't worry. Otherwise, this episode is just gonna be that serious, like <laughs> reflective episode. <laughs> That we're so known for. No. You know, we usually talk about Weird Al and, and uh, Dumb I, and Dumber and I, whatever else. And now here we are getting hard hitting with some of this. My honorable mention, so. w- I think we might have. But maybe alternative music, because of its moodiness and its, you know, uh, feeling like that, kind of draws us into this, yeah. you know, the way we discuss it. So yeah. we, we try to have some fun with it. But. Well, that was your number six? That was my number six. My number six is Closer by Nine Inch Nails. Oh, uh-huh. okay. I can shut it. It's on my cutting floor. I will tell you what this reminds me of. Yeah. So, nine inch, that was obviously that's a big song. Nine Inch Nails was huge yep. for several years there. Um, the first time I heard this, I thought the music and the beats were really appealing. Yeah. Because it's got that that solid bass to it. Nine Inch Nails obviously had that industrial sound, mm-hmm. real intense music videos. If you've ever watched, if you haven't watched any of their music videos, listeners, uh, <laughs> if you're new to Nine Inch Nails, go YouTube those because you will see some interesting, yeah. disturbing images. I would say Nine Inch Nails and Tool had the yes, weirdest videos um, in the '90s. In fact, I think mm-hmm. later in the 2000s, Marilyn Manson based a lot of his weird videos yes. off Trent Reznor's. Yeah. Nine Inch Nails yeah. There's like videos. Beating hearts and yeah, pigs. It, and, some yeah, stuff. So it only reached number 41 on the U.S. billboard, but number three in Australia. So the Aussies apparently mm-hmm. a, a lot more in on Nine Inch Nails than the whole of America. Although I like this song. I was never a huge Nine Inch Nails mm-hmm. fan. 
Um, that loud, heavy bass industrial sound can only go so far. I'll listen to a couple songs, and Closer's always been my favorite. Um, so if I get a small sampling, I'm good. But after a while, it kind of all starts to sound the same. Now, hardcore Nine Inch Nails fans will tell me I'm crazy, and I understand that because I'm sure for any band you can make that argument. But I just feel like a lot of the Nine Inch Nails songs were kind of like Closer where you get that intense bass, mm-hmm. and it's that, that industrial rhythm. So I like it. I do. I, I just can't listen to it all the time. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, I considered it. Uh, the the thing that this song, for some reason, always uh, resonates with me is um, the movie Seven. I, I, the movie Seven seemed like a Nine Inch Nails video, yeah. with actors in it. Yes, and that, so I always connected to, and I don't, I, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Why. Well, the visuals in Seven, which is a fantastic movie for listeners. Yes, if you haven't seen Seven in a while or never seen Seven, I highly recommend. But the whole movie seems like a Nine Inch Nails video. Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes it cool. It's a cool 90s movie. Yeah. Nope. Uh, that's a good pick. Uh, my number five is, um, I don't have a whole lot to say about this. I just like the song. It's September 94. It's uh, Tomorrow, Silver Chair. Wow, I miss Silver Chair. I, I had this album... And I love this album, Frog Stomp. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I don't have any on my list. So pleasant surprise uh, because that is a really good song. Israel's Son is another one off of that. That's a really yes. good song. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't know what happened. Uh, it might still not have made my top 10 because the 10 I have are really solid. But um, yeah, it, it kind of floated around. It was in my cut. It was in my honorable mention. It, I kind of floated around and then uh, I... I like it. I put it up there. I, I just I, this is another album that I think was really good, and I listened to it a lot. So that's why I put it up there. No other reason other than I like it. I read an article about that album. So the song "Israel's Son," uh, the lyrics sing about um, someone's uh, we're waiting for an execution. If you're not here soon, I'll kill your friend instead. A bunch of um, moms or concerned parent activists. Wanted that song, wanted that song in that album banned in ninety four, ninety five, because they thought it encouraged people to mm-hmm. kill their friends or something like that. So that's what I remember a lot about Silver Chair is those lyrics were a little controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm one of those that I, I don't think that causes you to do those things, mm-hmm. but um, I just think they're just lyrics. You just sing along with them and you hear them. So, but uh, you know, people get mm-hmm. concerned and they say the things they're going to say. But it's a solid album, solid song. Yeah. Again. Nothing I can even nice mess with you with. Uh, so this is just becoming depressing. Point, so. <laughs> I do remember. I think they were like high. They they won some sort of a high school band competition, yeah. and that's how they kind of got notoriety. And well, they, they were, were Australian. You, yeah, and you just were mentioning the Aussies, so I was like, nice transition. Yeah, but, perfect transition. It's like our minds are melded. Hey. So it's because I have the Schwartz. Maybe you have the Schwartz too. So no, I don't well, my number five is from one of my favorite bands of the 90s, Green Day, and it is Longview. Okay. Yeah, this is... So yeah, this is that's... a... I'm going to tell you right now to start anything for you and I, because you can relate to this. This is a Toyota Tercel song. So I had this on my CD player that's funny. all the time. We I have a to Toyota Dookie. Tercel comment coming yeah. up. So we listen to Dookie a lot in the Tercel. Um, and for those listeners out there that don't know, I had a sweet 1984 orange, 
orange Toyota Tercel was a four-speed. It had a lawnmower engine in it. And the reason I say that is because if we went up anything that was an incline, didn't even have to be a hill, just an <laughs> incline, not flat road, and Rob and I were in the car, I'd have to be in second gear, mm-hmm. and we'd still get passed by people on bikes. That's how slow we'd have to go. And I could not get to third gear out of that car. That's how small that engine I, was. I just but. remember my dad was so impressed with you because you taught yourself to drive it. Well, I had you, to. You, you didn't. You didn't know how to drive a stick prior. I did not. Your dad. So when I learned to drive both of my parents' cars. Yeah, both of my parents' cars were automatics when I learned to drive. So when they when I bought the Tercel, it's a stick. And my dad's like, well, if you want to drive it, you got to learn how to drive it. So I just, I literally just took it out on the road and started going. But I, we listened to this song non. We listened to this song a lot in the car, but I listened to this album nonstop, I'd say for two years. This was a staple uh, anywhere I went for whatever I was listening about. The song is about boredom and masturbation. The lyric. Yeah. Bite my lip, close my eyes, take me away to paradise. It says very clearly what this song is about. And when I was living in Japan, I saw them live at the Tokyo Dome in 1995, which was the best concert I've ever been to. Um, it was so good. And what, well, it's the best concert I've been to because I didn't get to see Steve Winwood. So I don't have that comparison. Hey, but I, I saw uh, one of your friends say, Steve Winwood is a beast. He's a beast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, there's no two ways around that. But this is the best concert I went to. And what I liked about the concert was Green Day sounded live just like they did on the radio or the yeah. album. What I hate most about concerts is when I go and the band does not sound like they do mm-hmm. after they've been produced. And so I'm like, uh, that's that's not as good. But they sounded pretty much exactly the same live that they sounded on my CD. So mm-hmm. I, was, I was very happy about that. But great. And I was in that concert and I was bigger than everyone. So the Japanese, not at all... <laughs> population and right. so we just moshed our way to the front we were in the back and we ended up in like the second row before the end of the concert yeah. so we were right up front no this is th- this album is up there like i said i think i'm i'm kind of looking forward to our conversation about our cutting room floor because this is another album that was a very uh uh what's the word formative a formative album during formative. this time and it, yeah something. and actually it it doesn't fall on that seattle no they're not from seattle no. they're, it, they're it california had a, it had a punk feel punk to it which thrash, was different much different yeah but it fell into the alternative genre just because it was loud and it was mm-hmm. different well and i even remember like the cover art was like was different than everything it wasn't this it was like a hand-drawn uh picture of the with the title and there's it looks like something a high school kid would have done on their uh, folder at school and so i'm pretty sure that's what green day did they probably just drew it so so that's i mean the song's about masturbation so (laughs) this is not falling into your heady category of any kind of music so no but fun no awesome and i love green day to this day so i'll always listen to green day um okay so my number where we at number four Number four. Wow, we're up to number four. Uh, my number four is Animal uh, Animal by Pearl Jam. I, had, um, I mean, I knew Pearl Jam would be on there. It had, yeah, had to be. I, I'm surprised. Well, and I, I struggled to find a Pearl Jam song of 94 that I I felt like needed a spot. So, But um, this came out April 94. It was on the uh, Versus album. I remember going to the mall to get this album. Uh, I remember... Uh, uh, I was thinking about this. It was a weird time where we had CDs, but you had to, I had to record them onto cassette to listen, to take up, to make it portable because a portable CD player. You didn't have one yet? I did not have one yet. And they were, they were somewhat expensive, but we, we still had 
uh, Walkmans. So you'd have to burn the, yeah. the the song onto a cassette Gotta and make then it happen. So I remember sitting on the the bus going to our basketball games, listening to to the Versus album, and Animal was was. I had the seat. One, I think it's the number one or number yeah. two cut on the album, and so yeah. it's. I had a CD had player. The CD player I had, the portable one, was that Sony Sport. It was yellow. Yes. And you were supposed to be able to like throw it against a wall and it wouldn't skip. And that's the one I had. It had those cool yellow headphones. So I was all yellowed out. So yes. I, was, I had it. The Sport. It was perfect. No, I remember getting a really nice uh, Walkman. I remember my dad taking me to the mall and we bought this really nice top of the line Walkman. And then I think it got stolen in between a, at a basketball practice. So anyway, it's a sad Man. story. Can't I trust just, anybody. Can't trust right? anybody. Then you had to get a new walk. Can't trust it. Can't trust it. There you go. Great song. Public Enemy? Public Enemy. Public yeah. Enemy. So, well, my number four is from a band that I really liked in the 90s. That is The Offspring. Uh, and it is called Self Esteem. Yep. That's good. This is, uh, like this is a classic song. I like it. Yeah, no, that was good. That's so, good. Yeah, what I remember about this song is funny because this song is about a toxic relationship. Uh, it's not hard to figure out. Um, and my favorite lyric in the whole song, I've always loved it. Late at night, she knocks on my door. She's drunk again and looking <laughs> to score. Now I know I should say no, but it's kind of hard when she's ready to go. I may be dumb, but I'm not a dweeb. I'm just a sucker with, with no, no self-esteem. Sense. So it's it's a basic lyric. I got it. But I like what it said. So I'm 18 years old when this came out, mm-hmm. the Smash album. I listened to this song. And look, I'm going to be honest. I was a late bloomer. I did not date in high school. Like I literally did not date a single girl. I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't do anything in high school. After high school is kind of when I started coming to my own. Mm-hmm. So this song, I remember thinking... I would have loved mm-hmm. to have have that problem. A girl come by at two in the morning, <laughs> banging on my door, saying, "Hey, I want to take advantage of you." Right. And I thought, "Why is this guy complaining?" Mm-hmm. Um, you know. But now that I've been in relationships, I understand his angle. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so being that I was a late bloomer, at first I was like, um, "I don't know what his problem is." She's coming by. He doesn't even have to call her, or ask her, or anything. And then, like you said, she's ready to go. So for me, that was good. But. Um, yeah, I always so I've always thought that part of the song and the way the song is structured uh, spoke to me. Uh, other than I was like, "Well, I want to be this guy. Like, I want to be uh, if it's Dexter Holland who's the lead singer. I want to be him. I want to have his problems. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this problem because it didn't sound like a problem to me." Uh, your late bloomer story reminds me of a story. This is several years later after '94. Uh, still in high school though, so maybe my senior year. Uh, uh, went to a girl's house. Um, we go to the, the rec room. She turns the lights off. Is this going to be graphic? No, it's not okay. graphic. It's uh, it's going to be quite the opposite. Uh, she turns the lights down, and I and my reply to her is, uh, it's awful dark in here. Perfect. Uh, I don't know. What other reply would you have? I don't know how anybody is supposed to watch TV. Why don't we turn some lights on? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't until years later I... I I put the two together. Perfect self-awareness. You knew exactly what was happening right there. Mm, Uh, Look, I I probably suffered the same fate at one point in my life. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, We, it all led us again to where we are now. So Mm -hmm. even though we were late bloomers, we were, uh, 
we were not. I was not a ladies' man in high school. I can't speak yeah. for you because you had uh, obviously two I was other not. years. I was not. There. I didn't. Uh, I, but, I wanted uh, to turn the yeah. lights up. So, so one more fun fact about the Offspring, though. Uh, lead singer Dexter Holland, who I mentioned a few mm-hmm. minutes ago, he actually has a PhD in molecular mm-hmm. biology from UCLA. So he's a doctor of molecular biology. So the guy singing about uh, the girl taking advantage of him uh, at two o'clock in the morning is now a doctor. Right. So that's and, not too bad. And uh, that you mentioned a couple songs ago, you said uh, you met, you'd use the phrase like it was fun. This is a fun album. That's what it the, is. The, I, the, I mean, it, there's some really good, catchy, fast, uh, kind of thrasher songs on it and i like it I yeah this is not an album you have to think about you just no. plug it in it's got good sing-along songs good tunes and uh, that's all you need one of the ones that i really remember from this album is there's one i think it, it might even be called road rage and he's he's it's the he's having some dialogue between the other driver and it's uh, yes profanity laced profanity laced but it's several it's, of the songs are profanity it's catchy and fun so yeah all right we had uh, my number three number three okay my number three uh, I'm gonna play. Oh, it's a uh, Possum King Kingdom by the Toadies. Um, really good song. It, yeah, this is August of '94. Yeah, another one I fell off of my under my cutting room. I, I love this song. I, just as a straight up rock song, I like it. Pretty dark lyrics. But in my notes, I wrote, "I know I shouldn't like it, but and I want it to mean something else." Like I, I was googling like. Oh, this has got to have like some hidden meaning, or it's a it's an uh, an allegory for something else, and there's nothing. It, it's it's a dark. I it, think they wrote it based on like an article they saw about. I don't know someone who had you know murdered some people by a lake. I don't. I'm pretty know. sure, but, but yeah, it's not a happy song. But man, it is a no. adrenaline rock song, and I like it. So that's I put what it in made, my. That's what made '90s songs not being happy. That's mm-hmm. the whole alternative thing here. We're right. not being happy. Right. I can listen to Mariah Carey and be happy, yeah. right? I can listen to Celine Dion and be happy. I want to listen to the Toadies. Great band name, by the way. Yeah. I want to listen to the Toadies and be depressed and say, mm-hmm. "Do I think the lead singer murdered anybody?" I'm not sure. Well, and then the the odd song title that has nothing to do with anything. So then, Possum I'm, Kingdom. I'm, I don't. I'm I sure it has know. something to do with I, something. We I just don't, don't know. know it. I don't know. Maybe it has anyway. to do. Maybe there were a lot of possums near that lake <laughs> where they were uh, drawing the people into. Oh yeah. So that's my number three. I I think it's a killer song. Toadies, like Possum yeah. Kingdom. Yeah. Well, my number three could have been my number one. My, my top three could have interchanged easily, yes. but my number three is Interstate Love Song by oh. Stone Temple yeah. Pilots. Also off the Purple Album. Oh, this is so good. This is a killer song. Mm. I. I I genuinely like this song. I struggle. Yep. It just sounds good. It was in there. I had it up and I moved it out. And yeah, it's yeah, uh, good. So this reached number one in the U.S. Billboard Rock Charts. Was there for 15 weeks, uh, and when it got replaced, it was replaced by their own song, Vaseline, which was number one for two more weeks. So for 17 straight weeks, Stone Temple Pilots was the top of the modern rock charts, which is pretty good. I listen to this song nonstop. It is my favorite Stone Temple Pilots song. Uh, to this day, which says a lot because I love Plush, mm-hmm. Vaseline, Wicked Garden. Um, the whole core album. The whole yeah. core album is spectacular. But this is one of those songs when I hear it, this might sound weird, but I get excited that I get to listen to it. Yeah. Like I turn it up as soon as I hear that first note. Mm-hmm. And it's got a strange video again. There's like a, yeah. that clown with the long nose mm-hmm. and it's in black and white. I think there's some a little splash of color, but yeah. they're driving this old broken looking car. Mm-hmm. and 
But this is just, I don't know, this song from front to front to back, start yeah. to finish, it's quick. It's only like a three-minute song, two and a half minutes, but I just love it from start to finish. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. It, I I had this one lined up, and I was moving it in, and, and then I, I went with Big Empty instead, but there were several off this album that could have easily been in the top ten. And so. we made it to three each, our top seven, and no, each, and no, no crossovers. Yeah. I'm surprised. I thought we would have had a few, but we're not done yet. I mean, we still have several songs left. So yeah, this next one might. I don't know. We'll see. All right. So we're at number two. Number two. Uh, my number two is um, Beastie Boys Sabotage, uh, May of 94. Really good. And I, just to give a little inside production to, we talk about, hey, what, when are we going to cue this song up at how many minutes and, or how many seconds? Um, Start from the beginning. This one, I just put from beginning. Yeah. As soon as you hear the first note, you know exactly what song it is. Yeah. This. And you. How about that video? Oh. Uh, yeah. Coaches and all them. And, yeah. Uh, but no, uh, you used it when you were describing Interstate Love Song. You were talking about this one. It, it elicits an emotion and you get excited. And yeah. this is one that if I'm running on the treadmill or I, this is one you crank up and you can run to. And they're live. There's a, a video floating around of them doing, I think it's on Letterman. They, oh yeah, they do this. It's, they did it live on the MTV Awards too, and it was really good. Holy cow! Like it's killer. And anyway, I just yeah. the guitar riff in the middle, and no, this this song is it could have been my number one. Um, but this is a this is a Tercel song. I remember oh, yeah. the Ill Communication song all over that album. Uh, listening to this cruising down two hundred five. Oh yeah, uh, going we were going out to Westland. We'd go watch football at somebody's house and oh, uh, yeah. Monday Night Football and uh, cruising on the freeway. And this just being on constant loop and um, yeah. Yeah, this album. I, I have this album memorized from yes. front to back. Like there's there's not a bad song, and some of them aren't even songs. There's one no. where they just play music, and it's like it almost sounds like a yes. porn. Yes, but it's still fantastic. Oh, that song's coming up in a, a future episode. <laughs> and I, I, I hope I'll tell you why. But anyway, is that the one about the mashed potatoes? Yes. Yes. This is gonna be a, that kind of party. Yeah, that is that kind of party. That's yeah. a classic. No, yeah. that. So I, that, if you talk about any song to me, in a rock genre, people might want to think that's not a rock song. I kind of think it is. I know they mix it with some R and B and some hip hop mm-hmm. too. But to me, that guitar riff is just as good as any guitar riff, and you know exactly what it is. So when you're talking about great guitar riffs, if you're talking about Back in Black or, mm-hmm. you know, Smells Like Teen Spirit, or you're talking about um, Sweet Child of Mine, yes. that is just as recognizable and just as iconic mm-hmm. as iconic. any of those guitar riffs. That's the word, iconic. Yep. yep. Well, that's a good number two. Again, nothing I can do with that other than say, nice. good job. I, I've stumped you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very frustrating at this point. <laughs> so, well, my number two is... A perfect song, great song. It's The Man Who Sold the World by Nirvana. Okay. Off of their Unplugged yep. album in New York. I wondered if you were going to get an Unplugged Nirvana album or song in there. I mean, I could have done all 10. That is a good album. It is a fantastic I have album. to admit something. I had not ever listened to it. Well, I mean, until, I don't know, I don't know how many years ago you, you had suggested it and I listened to it. It's it like, so good. That's when I was, I was like, why did I not listen to this? There uh, is not a bad what, song on the album. No, no. And they only play like four of their own popular songs. The rest are all covers. Yep. So this Unplugged album, which was their last album, as it's, Kurt Cobain committed suicide. It's not arguably. It, it is the best Unplugged album. Oh, it is. Yeah. Um, this was originally a David Bowie cover, and it is my favorite cover of all time. Um, so of all songs I've heard that have been covered, this is the best cover for me that anybody's done. 
For anyone that knows or has listened to this podcast by now knows that Nirvana is my favorite band, not just of the 90s, but all time. From the first time I heard Nevermind to this Unplugged album, I have just always enjoyed listening to them, which is odd considering that their songs lyrically should not be enjoyable to listen to. No. Uh, but I love everything about the music and will always listen to it. I've shared Nirvana with my kids and they agreed that the songs hold up. Mm-hmm. And I think if you released any of these songs today, they would be just as popular now as they were in the 90s. Oh, no. I think I they completely stand yeah. the test of time. Um, I've watched things on YouTube where people watch kids watch it now and they're like, wow, that's that's a great song. Or those guys sound really... He didn't have... Kurt Cobain didn't have a typical great singing voice, Mm-mm. but it was a great singing voice. Yeah. Like he knew how to crack it right and it was just great. And one of the great yellers of all time. Yeah. Uh, they had a recent song on, or a, a song on a recent Batman movie. Yeah, really good. And my son... I remember him going, who's Nirvana? Oh. And then he started listening to it, and he goes, oh, I really like these songs. And so, yeah, I think what you said about- So here I can finally go after you to say, (laughs) how have you raised your son (laughs) that by this age he doesn't know? My kids Uh, knew who Nirvana was when they were like seven years old. They make fun of my music, though. Well, you do listen to some different stuff now. If it's not hip-hop? Yeah. Yeah, you do like the hip-hop. I I know they do, and I I don't know. Well, before we reveal our number ones, let's head to the cut line. As we put our list together, we often find it very difficult to rank just 10 in each category. So for this segment, we will each identify two songs that just fell out of our top 10. We will also identify an honorable mention, which is a song that we missed the first time around. That means mm-hmm. it, we didn't hear it in 94, as that's what we're covering right now. And maybe we found it a couple years later. So with that, Rob, impress me with your two cuts. Okay, so we're entering the time of the show where I think I might start to give you some material to... Uh, um to uh, make fun of me. so uh, But I think my cut line is still pretty safe. So my first one uh, for my cut line is Candlebox, uh, Cover Me. Um, it's not one of their mo- more notable songs that they're not you know, that they're known for, but uh, this is November of 94. And they're, they're also a Seattle band. They are. Yeah. Um, but this is another album that was on constant rotation, uh, another formative album. Um, and I, they had a couple slow ones on there that I really liked. And so cover me makes my cut line. Um, there's just too many others that bumped it out. Uh, yeah. but this was an enjoyable song for me. So their popular song was far behind. Yes. That was the best song. Yes. Yes. But I remember this kind of their ballad of a, of an alternative song, mm-hmm. kind of the slower, slower song. But yep. good, good solid song. Okay, all right. Uh, and my next cut is um, from an album that's already been mentioned, but it's uh, uh, Welcome to Paradise, Green Day, from the Dookie album. Perfect. Uh, There's like nine songs you can pick off that album. I and that's that was tough. But this, of those, uh, of the songs that came out in '94, this was the one that I liked. High, high energy, fast paced. Yeah. I like the structure of this song. If you listen to the lyrics. It starts with like he moves out and after like three weeks uh-huh. he wants to move back home but his mom says no and then after six months he still wants to move home but she says no and then it's been it's been like it, it's like six months or a year or whatever and then he's like now this is my home so he got used to it so yeah it's kind of cool yeah. it, it talks about you know how he moved out and then he wanted to move home but then mm-hmm. eventually he got used to it which is something we can understand because right. sometimes you get the new things so you get used to it right. you just got to give it a chance right yeah, in my, in my notes, what I remember about this is, like I said at the top of the show, we had, uh, this is go- uh, sophomore year heading into junior year. 
junior year, people started driving, had a uh, driver's license. Uh, I didn't get mine until I was a senior. That's a whole nother story. Um, but uh, we, uh, a group of us took a spring break trip down to Seaside, uh, Seaside, Oregon. Seaside. Uh, and what was the name of that pancake place? Pig and a something. Pig yeah, and a pancake. Uh, yeah, and there was a, uh, uh, oh gosh, there was a restaurant we'd stop on the way. But anyway, uh, yeah, spring break, we all went down uh, to Seaside. Um, this was on all the way there and right. all the way back. It was, and so, um, and I was in the co-seat, so I was I was the DJ putting the the CDs into the, and this was one that. They let you be the DJ? Yes. All right. And this Did was, they end up with some traveling Wilburys <laughs> while you were cruising down to Seaside? <laughs> Because you'll slide that in there. On no. Everyone's expecting like a good <laughs> driving remix. They would have Here come me. the traveling wilburys. So yeah, that's. Um, and so, are we up to my honorable mention? Well, I'm going to do my cuts. You're going to do your cuts. Yeah, go for it. I know you love I'm the attention excited. and you want to take well, no, all this I'm, song. I'm, I'm worried. You worried because I think my honorable mention will give you ample okay uh, fuel. Well, we can only hope so. Okay. So, well, my first cut we already talked about earlier. It's "Zombie" by the Cranberries. Uh, I don't have a lot much more to say about it than you already did. We don't really need to replay it. Oh. We heard the song earlier. Um, good, solid 90s song. Again, uh, in doses now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, doses. But definitely, uh, I did read something that this uh, that album was called an iconic alternative album. I think Rolling Stone wrote that. So oh, wow. They said it was an iconic alternative album. So that's a pretty good... I would say mm-hmm. that's a pretty good endorsement yeah. for the Cranberries. So... Um, I'd say after that album, it didn't get. It wasn't great after no. that. There were some uh, songs after that. Um, yeah, I, I didn't get. I was pretty much done with them after that album. But mm-hmm. I'm sure there's hardcore fans that thought they just kept going. But yeah. so my second cut is a deep cut, and it's a really Ooh. good one. So it's "She Don't Use Jelly" by the Flaming Whoa. Lips. Whoa! But she don't use butter. Oh, this is crazy because my honorable mention. There's a little connection here, and jelly. I. I actually got to see them at Red Rocks this summer. And they did this song. This is a, so this is an interesting song. Wow. I admit. That is a deep cut. So I admit this. I did not see you coming up with this. (laughs) I admit this is a strange song. It absolutely makes no sense. The lyrics are erratic and weird. Uh, But in the 90s, you could have a song like this that was odd and sang about jelly, Vaseline, magazines, and you'd be on the radio and it'd be cool because that was the 90s. I mean, we had a whole song about peaches in right. the 90s. Yes. So it didn't have to make sense. But if you listen to the song, it's got a catchy hook. It's funny. It's good to listen to. And um, yeah, I, I've always liked it. It's it's an odd song and it's off the beaten path, but it's a fun song. Wow. Yeah, no, I did. No, I never would have picked you for a Flaming Lips song. So I've listened to a lot of other Flaming Lips and I'm not yeah. deep into all their other stuff, but she don't use jelly for some reason. I, I just heard it and I thought it was catchy and I liked it. Yeah. And as I'm saying that, I, I'm getting my bands mixed up not Flaming Lips. That's fine. That's not who I saw. You did not see. No, who did you see? Uh, Primus? Vi- Violent Femmes. Oh, Violent Femmes. Violent Femmes. Good. Yeah. Not so Flaming no. Lips. Nope. Okay. So. Well, now you can do all right. your honorable mention. Now you can okay. jump back on the so, stage. So really quick, I want you to recap the honorable mention, what is that? One more so time. Honorable mention is okay. a song that was released in 94. Okay. That you didn't listen to in 94. Like it came Got out it. and you just never heard it. Okay. And then maybe like two years later or something, you were watching something or you listened to the radio and you went, hey, mm-hmm. what is that song? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they're okay. like, hey, this came out in 94. And you're like, how did I miss that the first time? Okay. Cool. Okay. I think I'm good then. All right. So it is Kensington Line. By a band called Big Head Todd and the Monsters. Ah, you went Big Head Todd. I did. <laughs> 
uh, so that's like a college band then. Yeah, and I said I didn't. I don't like that's what cool college kids listen to. Yeah. So they're they're a uh, I don't know. Yeah. So blues rock band out of Colorado. Uh, this came out in '94. Um, I didn't know who they were, but now they're a staple in our house. We've seen them. We've gone to see them live several times. Um, we've seen them in Portland and we've seen them in Seattle and this summer we went and saw them in Red Rocks. And so you are uh, a super fan. We, we love them. We think they're great. So, uh, this was a, if this is kind of regular listening in our house. And so um, I know nothing about them. I know nothing about their catalog. I couldn't pick a song out. I've heard that song title, but I haven't spent a lot of time (laughs) listening to it. So maybe I need to do that. If you're telling, if you're that passionate about it, then there's a possibility I should listen to some of it. They got it. We, yeah, we saw them, uh, at the Portland blues festival. They played with uh, muddy Waters. son. It was great. Yeah. They're, they're awesome. We love them. Well, that's a solid pick. I'm sure for all you big head Todd fans out there, you're going to be cheering and being like, we made it, we made it onto the podcast. That's good. (laughs) So, well, my honorable mention isn't as cool as yours, but my, uh, is from a movie hmm. in 1996, a movie called Empire Records. Oh. Um, and I had never heard this song before. And I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, yep, that's the song. I love that song. And it's called Plowed oh, by dude. Sponge. That was in my, that was in my uh, cut. I had it. Yes. It's so good. Good song. It's a great. This came out in 94. Yep. Uh, so it came out in 94. I didn't hear it till 96. And the first time I heard it, I was actually over to a friend's room in Japan and we're watching Empire Records. Yep. And which is a great 90s movie. Another one, just like Seven. Go look it up. You'll love it. It looks like the 90s. Um, you know, the band Sponge, I always wonder when some of these guys were naming their bands, uh-huh. were they just at home doing chores like the dishes or something? They're mm-hmm. like, hey guys, hmm, is anybody named Sponge? Let's, yeah. let's go with that. Like we didn't want to put too much thought into it. Well, yeah. um, Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. <laughs> Candle, uh, candle box. So, this is a great rock song. The music's catchy. The lyrics are solid. You can turn it up. It's got great guitars. Yep. I always include it on any mix CD or playlist I make of 90s music. Sponge, plowed. It's fantastic. And yep. what even hurts more, after I saw Empire Records, I went and bought the album, the soundtrack. I went to the BX. Mm-hmm. I bought the soundtrack. Guess what's not on the soundtrack? Plowed by Sponge. Yeah. You think I would have looked at that, right? No, didn't. Just bought it. Get home. I'm looking at the back cover. I'm like, where's this song at? Oh, yeah. They didn't put it on. They play it in the movie, but it didn't make it onto the actual soundtrack. So explain that one. I don't know. No, that's good. It's on my cutting room floor. It was on my uh, cut list. Yeah, that's a good one. That's really good. Um, So my number one? Number one. We made it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. So my number one could give you... This is where you, I give you some material. So it's a departure from the other uh, songs that we've uh, listened to, but it's Round Here by Counting Crows. Ah. That's good. It is a very depressing song. It is. So June of 94. Uh, so it's on the August and uh, Everything After sound, or soundtrack. Uh, August and Everything After album. Um for me, this is probably in my top one or two albums of all time. I just wow. think it's a great, it's a very smart album. And the songwriting, for me, this was a turn. Uh, this is the first album I listened to that, because uh, you had said it earlier, there's a conversation to be had where at the time it was singles and this yeah. was an album that you could, for me, 
you can put it in and listen to it up front to back. And it, I, I really like it. I saw him at, in concert with live, live in the gorge. Nice. Yeah, while in college. So yeah, you know, uh, this is for me. This is, I like, um, I like them, but the lead singers always singing songs like this. That guy dated Courtney Cox and a bunch of other like big movie he stars. He should be happier. I don't know what he's so depressed about all the time. Mm-hmm. So no, I think it's, it's a formula just to get on the radio at that point. That's right? a good point. So, but Counting Crows, yeah, and he had the sweet dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Adam. Adam Duritz. Duritz. There you go. So yeah, yeah, he was dating like top TV and movie yep. stars, but then he's he keeps you know singing these songs about how terrible his life is and how bad things are, and mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, I don't know, I don't know if I buy it at that point, right? So no. But good songs. Yeah. It's I, a, I would always go with my favorite is Long December. Yeah. If I'm listening yeah. to a Counting Crows song, if yep. I picked one. It's a good album. You know, a lot of people go to Mr. Jones, but no I like Long December. Yep. So. Yep. Well, that's a solid one. My number one is pretty self-explanatory. Mm. It is Black Hole Sun by oh. Soundgarden. Yep. Well I can't even believe this isn't on your list. Well done. Well, that's why I want to talk here in a minute. I, I think there's conversation to be had. Mm-hmm. I love it. I just can't believe it wasn't even in no, the top I 10 at it. all. I love it. So one, this is, to me, this is one of the most recognizable alternative mm-hmm. songs of the 90s. Like even people who didn't listen to alternative music knew Black Hole Sun. Mm-hmm. Like it just has that catch and that hook. Mm-hmm. Like that song's everywhere. My kids love that song. Ethan really likes that song. He's got it on uh, a couple of his playlists. It was number one for seven weeks on the modern rock charts in the United States and number one in Iceland. So really good in Iceland. Um, What a lot of people probably remember this for is that video. And again, I'll I'll face you over to, I'll spin you over to YouTube. (laughs) Go check that out if you haven't seen it. That is an interesting video. There's a lot of things going on. There's fish flopping around. There's uh, a storm coming. There's a crazy old guy with no teeth or like jagged teeth. Yeah, and their eyes get big. Eyes and, get big. Yeah. They get small. The smiles. It's a very, uh, it's an overload of senses mm-hmm. for that video. So, but it's classic. But to me, again, this song just, this is one of those defining, if you put a Mount Rushmore of alternative songs, mm-hmm. you're talking like Smells Like Teen Spirit, you're talking maybe Jeremy, uh, Black Hole Sun. I mean, yeah. those are, those are going to be your songs. They're going to yeah. be right there. Yep. No, excellent pick, excellent pick. Uh, it quite honestly, there were, in my opinion, too many Soundgarden songs to. You just had to pick one from that album. Yeah, uh, but so I can't I, believe Black Hole Sun. I went with the Day the I Tried to Live. I, I like Day that. I Tried oh, to Live is great, I but like it's not Black Hole Sun. That's like, true. That's if true. you went and asked just the average person They're about gonna, Soundgarden, yeah. mm-hmm. I think Black Hole Sun's going to pop up. Yeah. More often. Well, yeah. No, but I like Day it. I Try to Leave is really good. Yeah. I can't get mad about no. that. So, no. um, Well, that's our lists. Nice. And I would say that if you were into alternative grunge, modern rock. Those are uh, two call it, solid playlists. Uh, I think we've got a great playlist for you to go back and hate on commercial pop music and enjoying mm-hmm. the sounds of melancholy in 1994. And if you weren't into alternative music, throw some of these on a playlist. Give it a chance. I mm-hmm. bet you're going to find some songs that you really like um, because there were some, some really good ones that I don't have. So you had some extras. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is what I wanted to talk about. So we were talking earlier that there was, uh, you know, there was the single, you'd have the one song on an album is really good, but of that year, um, just to run through, so you had live throwing, throwing copper, Yep. selling the drama, lightning crashes all over you. I alone all came off of that album. Soundgarden, super unknown had fell on black days, black hole, sun, my wave spoon, man, the day I tried to live all came out in 94. 
Alice in Chains was I was shocked that you didn't have an Alice in Chains. Jar of Flies had no excuse. I stay away and don't follow. Three awesome songs. Awesome. Jim Blossoms had Allison Road and found out about you. Green Day, Dookie, Longview, Welcome to Paradise, Basket Case, When I Come Around, All 94. Uh, Hootie and the Bluefish. Hate on them if you want. Is that alternative? Well, I don't. No, I you think kept you, you, that's pop. Okay, all right. Not, well, but you don't have that. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins had disarm. I uh, like Hootie, but Dave, Dave Matthews. What would you say came Dave out that Matthews. year? Uh, you had uh, let's see. Radiohead uh, had my Iron Lung. Uh, Beastie Boys had Ill Communication. Uh, Get It Together, Sure Shot, uh, Sabotage. All came off of that album. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, uh, the Purple Album. Vaseline, Interstate Love Song, Big Empty, all came off of that album. Yep. Um, Versus had a couple. Nirvana had the whole Unplugged album. The whole I mean, Unplugged album. I mean, it's so 94 was a killer year. I will tell you on that Unplugged album, and I will tell anybody this, I chose Man Who Sold the World because in 94, that is the song I listened to the most mm-hmm. and I liked the most. But I will tell you now that I have aged older and I listen to that album because I listen to it all the time. Where Did You Sleep Last Night, it's the last track mm-hmm. on the album, is the best song on that album. So And a, About a Girl's the, on there. About that, a Girl. That's the one people people will know that. They'll hear that and yeah. go, oh, yeah, I've heard that. So, uh, Well, a couple of the ones, yeah, I mean, a lot of those songs. First of all, Dave Matthews should not be in this conversation, so keep him out. <laughs> he's not alternative. He's just a knucklehead, all right? so At um, the time, though, I think. I have no passion it was, for it was, Dave Matthews. I'm not a huge no. Dave Matthews uh, band no. fan, but uh, at go the time, away. I think that was. It was no, he's not part of all different that. than what no. was coming out. So. I'll take Hootie before I'll take Dave Matthews, and I'm not taking Hootie either. So, <laughs> um, you mentioned it earlier, but Undone the Sweater Song, yes. I again picked Buddy Holly because that was the one I was listening to. Yeah. But as I've gotten older, the Sweater Song is the one I like the most. Mm-hmm. That is now my favorite yeah. Weezer song. Yeah. Fall Down from Toad the Wet Sprocket, not a big Toad the Wet Sprocket no. fan, but that song sounds like a song you'd hear sitting in a coffee shop somewhere. It's just a good, mm-hmm. fun little uh, poppy alternative song. Mm-hmm. I had no excuses. Allison Chains that almost made the list, but if you heard my other ten, uh, it would have been difficult go? to go somewhere. Yes. And then actually, uh, Doll Parts by Hole. I really did like it's Hole. Not a bad album. Um, you know, she's a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is what it is, but I actually uh, like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I liked Hole. It, no. it was, had some good rocking songs on there. So no, the, the, no, kill it. That was a killer year. Killer so. year. Yeah, you could do. That's the year I graduated high school, and that's kind of why I picked this year. Yeah. Uh, but good. yeah, tons of music, so good, especially in the alternative area. So, well, before we close, I want to give a quick shout out to a dedicated fan and a friend of mine, Dustin. Uh, Dustin and I went to elementary and high school together, and he's let me know how much he likes the show. But what's really important is something you mentioned earlier uh, about highlighting Dustin is that he 100% agreed with me about Steve Winwood from mm-hmm. our Songs of 88 episode, how much he rocks, and as you quoted, that he's a beast. So thank Steve you, Dustin, Winwood for backing that up. Is a beast. He is a beast. Did you go listen to Valerie yet? You still haven't, <laughs> because if you listen to Valerie, you're going to be excited. I don't know. That seems like a stretch. In fact, I'm just going to sit you down and make you listen to it at this point <laughs> because it's wonderful. It's a wonderful. That'd 80s. be an idea for an episode. Just we sit and make each other listen to just, yeah, the hear, music. Listen that to we, this. Yeah. But if you've already heard, I don't know if this. you've already heard it, right? And then if yeah. you've heard it, you just be like, yeah, I know that song. Yeah. That's true. So it might not be as fun. Yeah. No. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of Totally 80s and 90s Recall. We hope you've enjoyed a look back at our favorite alternative songs of 94 because we enjoyed talking about them. So hopefully it's a great 
memory for everyone that's listening. What did we get right or wrong, or did we miss something altogether? Leave us a message on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or our website, which are all included in the show notes. We really would like to hear from you. Uh, let us know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, we like to hear show ideas, anything like that. But anything you want to share with us, we really would like to hear to, to see uh, how it's going out there in the uh, listener world. Uh, we know what we're doing, we think. I don't know if we know what we're doing. But we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to know what we're doing. Um, but you can also email us at 80s90srecall at gmail.com with those comments. And finally, if you like the podcast, please hit that subscribe button, share it with your friends, and head on over to Apple or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review, five stars. That's just going to help the show grow, and we can do more great lists just like this. Awesome. Uh, what is our homework for next time? Our homework for next time is a little complicated. Oh, boy. So we're going to do a list. It's music again. Okay. But we're going to make it a little more difficult. So we're going to be covering the Billboard Hot 100 for 28 February 1990. So it's very that episode, specific. Well, that episode is going to come out. It, it goes in time with when our episode releases. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I recommend our listeners look up the Billboard Hot 100 songs from February 28, 1990. And see if what we put out matches your list for our next episode. You might have some fun at home to go, here's what I think the 10 best songs are, and see if Rob and I can get anywhere in that ballpark. Okay. And knowing Rob, he will not. Do, are there any rules? There are some rules. Uh, so you have to look at the top 100 songs of that year. Okay. You can choose. We still choose 10 songs. Got it. Uh, however, five of them have to be from the top 50. And five of them have to be from the bottom 50. Okay. And you have to have each you two cuts. Got each it. cut, one from the top 50, one from the bottom okay. 50. Uh, and your honorable mention can be from anywhere on the top 100. And then you can rank your top 10 however you want. Once you have okay. Once you have your 10 songs, you can rank them any way you want to. Got it. All right. Uh, you got I'm, anything I'm, else? No, I'm up for it. We are up for it. So fancy goodbye? No fancy goodbye. All right. Let's All right. get out.